0: I want to speak to you this morning, and I shared it on Sunday evening, but just had some uh, feedback that came that made me realize I really need to share it with us this morning as well. And I'm going to be sharing on the topic of anticipation. Susan, my sister, had been here, and she had spoken about um, the miracle is in the stretch, but she had thrown out this line that we're not just called to um, be expectant or to have expectation, but to be living with an anticipation for that which God is wanting to do. And so I'm wanting to expound on that and pick that up and take it forward. It follows on from an encouragement we had when Bob Hazlitt was with us. And he said, as a church, there are times when you can fall into a lethargy, an apathy, when the muscles begin to atrophy because we're not using them. And he said, as a church, he felt it was a season where the Lord was uh, strengthening and adding muscle. And his phrase was that we would be a lean, mean fighting machine in a sense, that we would be active as a, as a church moving forward, unhindered in the things of God. And so I want to just share about anticipation and what it means to, um, to anticipate that for which God and what he's wanting to do. So um, I've got some scriptures. I'll put it up if you want to turn there. Um, the main scripture we'll be referring to is 2 Peter 1 from verse 1, and we'll get there in a moment. But uh, I came across one or two little stories about anticipation. One of them was from the Reader's Digest, one of them is my own, and one of them was with another lady in the Harvest Church. But this one I came across was a husband, and uh, this one uh, appealed to my sense of humor. And it was a husband who, as husbands tend to do, was spending a bit of time looking in the mirror and admiring what he saw there in the reflection. And looking in the mirror, he decided to ask his wife of 30 years this question he turned to his wife and said, wouldn't you still love me when I'm old, fat, and balding? And his wife responded, I do. <laughs> I think he was anticipating a different answer. Um, with me and, and my journey with this word anticipation, I look back when I was 19 years old, I'm um, friendly with another young man in the congregation, Shane Littleton, and we had always wanted to go snowboarding. And so we had decided we were going to save up and we were going to go work in England and then we were going to go to Switzerland and, and snowboard in the Jungfrau Valley looking at the Matterhorn Mountain. So anyway, we went there and it was before we studied and we worked at Earls Court Exhibition Centre. Um, there was a motor show it was seven days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day and we would do it because we were saving up and every moment we got, he was in expectation I was in anticipation. You'll see the difference in a bit. But in um, saving up Everything, we would go and buy the snowboarding gloves the one week and then we could afford the pants and then the thermal underwear and then whatever else you might need. And eventually we had saved up. The day came, the trip came, we got on this bus, went across the ferry, traveled through Belgium. We were approaching Switzerland. Now, as I said, we were working and uh, saving up for this trip, so we went on the first available one that came about. And so when we got to, into Switzerland, there was no snow. And anyway, we eventually got to this, this valley, the Youngfrau Valley, where we were going to be situated, and there was no snow. We went to bed that night, no snow, and someone woke us up between 2 and 4 in the morning, and it was snowing. So we were hugely excited. Shane was expectant. I was anticipating snowboarding. The next morning we headed up, the cable car took us to the top of this valley where we would be skiing, we, we had the, the snow boots which take a while to get on if you know that, the thermal socks, the thermal underwear that just goes everywhere, the, the suit that zips all the way up, the gloves, the goggles, the scarf, I mean you you like a mummy. And and takes you like 30 minutes just to get dressed. And we got to the top of the slope. No one else had gone. It was just pure powder, no cuts or ruts into it. We were going to be the first ones there. Our first moment, we had been waiting months for this. Shane, expectation. Me, anticipation. And as we're about to, to launch off, Shane turns to me and says, I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> and so he... Takes off the snowboard, tracks through the snow, goes to this change room place. He has to take off everything, the gloves, the the helmet, the the visor, the thermal underwear, everything. It was 40 minutes to an hour later we got to go on this trip and, uh, well, go on our first snowboarding session. I want to say he was in expect- expectation. He was expecting it to be great. I was in anticipation. I was I was ready and prepared for it. You can tell Shane when you see him. Danica, is that you? This is a true story. It was before you married that man. Well, and, and he did snowboard better than me, which was even more pain and insult as we went forward. But uh, that is the difference between expectation and anticipation. Let me tell you, today in our culture, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell the story about Julia. We've got a lady in Harvest, um, Julia, and she's had a sense that she's, the Lord has spoken to her and she's in a new season, but I love what she's done. In anticipation for this new season, she has started packing up her house and has a suitcase packed, ready for the Lord moving her forward and whatever he's got. Not to leave the country, not to leave Durban, not to leave Harvest or anything like that, but just a sense of a new season, and I'm going to get ready and I'm going to get prepared for that which God is going to do. which she believes is the voice of God to her. And so there's this thing of anticipation. What is it? In our culture today, anticipa- anticipation is become to be a bit of expectation. It's where we just expect things to happen. I've got an expectation, or maybe um, even in faith, I have an expectation God will do something. But participation is a little, I'm sorry, anticipation is a little bit different. Anticipation has to do with action. Anticipation has to do with preparation. This is what the word means, if we can put it up. Thanks, Jason. To anticipate is to foresee and act in advance of. Anticipate can you say that with me to anticipate is to foresee and act in advance of if you look at the original meaning of the word from the latin it means to take care of, take care of ahead of time or to take into possession beforehand And that's what I believe the Lord is wanting to say, even as these words have come from various people, Bob Haslett being one of them, for us as a congregation, for us as a people, for us as individuals, it's to start to have an anticipation for that which God is wanting to do, to be prepared for action and to start to prepare for whatever it is so we can participate in that which God is doing. And we see it's a powerful biblical principle. We see it taking place all the way through the scriptures, through the Gospels, through the New Testament letters, all the way through. With Moses, we see that when he goes before Pharaoh and he says, let my people go when they were in slavery in Egypt. And and Pharaoh wasn't willing to. We see the plagues coming. But there's a moment where he's anticipating that which the Lord is wanting to do. And he tells the Israelites to get ready immediately for their exodus out of Egypt. We read it in Exodus 12 verse 11. He's basically telling them that it's time to eat the Passover lamb, lamb, that they need to get clothed, they need to get ready, they're going on their journey. And this is what it says, Moses speaking. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. What he is saying is don't just expect God to come and to do it. You need to be anticipating that which God is doing. You need to be ready to participate in it because God is on the move and he's in action. And that's really the word that's coming to us this morning that I'm wanting to share is that it's time to get ready to be moving with how God is moving. And I believe that's what he's wanting to encourage and stir up afresh in our hearts today And there's just four powerful principles about anticipation that I want us to look at. If we can put the first one up. Thanks, Jason. Anticipation is an expression of faith. Anticipation is an expression of faith. When you are moving in anticipation, it means that you are going to take time to make room and prepare for that in your life, which by faith you believe God is wanting to do. You are going to make room and prepare for by faith for that which you believe God is wanting to do, for that which he has told you he is wanting to do. And so anticipation moves into action. We see it with Noah, Hebrews 11 verse 7, when he starts to build this ark. There's never been a flood, there's never been a a sea-going or ocean-going or river-going vessel that's been built, and he starts to build this ark. People think he's crazy, but it says in Hebrews 11 verse 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1, a bit earlier says Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Anticipation. Others might just think you're a little bit crazy, you're a little bit keyed up, because you're starting to anticipate that which others cannot see, but you believe the Lord is speaking to you either by, um, through your prayer times, through His Word, through maybe a dream, through maybe a, an encouragement from someone else, but you believe God is speaking, and you start to anticipate it even where others cannot see it, and so it becomes an expression of faith. I've seen this in action when um, in times of drought we've had to pray. We, we had to go and pray at um, the Armstrong. Murray had called us a couple years back in a time of drought to go and pray on their property. And we've also been to Live Village to pray there when they were having a drought. And um, I couldn't remember who it was. John, it was you. During a time of drought, we get called to prayer. And trust this man as an expression of faith, anticipating that which God is going to. To what God is wanting to do, He arrives with an umbrella of all things, in a draft to pray for rain. But there's an anticipation there. Uh, I remember when it was a few years back, and I mentioned to you before we got, well, let me just say, anticipation as an expression of faith. It's visible, it's tangible, it's experiential. I, I remember getting a call on a Monday morning. Pastors generally if they preached on the Sunday, don't like calls on a Monday morning. Not because they don't want to be distracted or, or not enjoy their day. It's because um, Peter Pollock calls it the, the Monday blues. Because you, you are beating yourself up of, over things you said or didn't say or could have done it better. Or I never took my moment to pick on Garth. He's smiling over me. Right there, Garth. God's my gym partner on a Monday morning, so I'm just picking on him. But that's what we do on a Monday morning. But I got a call, and this person started off the call by saying to me, this is very hard for me to say to you. And I'm thinking, you're calling me on a Monday morning to tell me you're leaving the church. I remember what I preached yesterday. It wasn't that bad. I'm not saying it good, but it wasn't that bad. Why are you doing this? And, and then he, I said, okay, go for it. And the next thing he cons- uh, proceeded to tell me was, um, my wife and I thought the Lord said, We want to buy you a new car. <laughs> Listen, it went from Monday blues to, to the heart of celebration. The why I'm saying that is because I didn't come off that phone call and think, oh, well, now I'm expecting a new car's going to arrive. Let me tell you that same Monday, the day shifted. I was in the car dealerships all around um, Schlonger and Durban. I was feeling the leather seats and the the gearboxes and the air conditioning and trying the acceleration. There was an anticipation in terms of what God had said and what he was doing that I was participating in because he had brought breakthrough into my life. And I was getting ready for that to come through. You see, anticipation is visible. It's an expression of faith. What are you anticipating in the Lord here today? What expression of faith are you living out and operating in? Here's what Joyce Meyer describes hope, hope as, and it's it's really the same words as used in the commentaries. So um, it's not just Joyce Meyer, it's this, she's changed the, the, the phrase slightly. But it says this, hope is the anticipation of the goodness of God in every area of our life. Hope is the anticipation of the goodness of God in every area of our lives. That sounds too good to be true. And some of us will try and come up with reasonings why that cannot be true. But I want to say that we need to be anticipating God's goodness. Why? Because he is good. That's what Jesus says. Only he is good. We need to be anticipating God to be who he is, good, in every area of our life. Don't, don't block off an area where you think, well, I, I can't really experience God's goodness here. No, he wants you to experience the full totality and sum of who he is as good in every area of your life. And we need to have an anticipation of that in hope. Let's read from 2 Peter, verse 1. Peter writing, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. We here today have been made righteous through our faith in Jesus. And we've received a faith that is as precious as Even as Peter's, Paul's, and whoever else you could fill in there. It goes on to say in verse 2, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. In the in the New King James, it would say, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord." This isn't a token introductory statement. This is his prayer and desire for you and I here today. He's saying he wants grace and peace to abound in your life as you start to know Jesus intimately, relationally, ongoingly, more and more. Not only that, it would be a, that it would. Abound, but that it would be multiplied. He's saying he wants grace and peace to become large and powerful in your life and mine as we start to journey and know Jesus more and more. Doesn't that sound good to you? Do you not want grace and peace to be large and powerful, abounding, multiplied in your life? That's his prayer. He goes on, and it's obviously in knowing Jesus that's how this explosion takes place of his grace and peace within us. But then he's talking about that grace going further with us verse 3 talking about Jesus his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness that word goodness is sometimes referred to as excellency and what that really means it's the sum total of all his attributes so we have been given everything we need for life and godliness through knowledge of him through knowing Jesus because of his glory and his goodness that through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. He's saying you have been, you can anticipate this. I want you to anticipate it. You need to be in a place of anticipation that you have been given everything that you need for life and godliness. When you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't have this and I I don't have that, and why haven't you given me these things? We need to be knowing that through his divine power, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We need to anticipate it, participate with him, be in agreement with him, take hold of those things in faith, but he's done that. And how has he done it? He's done it through our knowledge of who he is. He's done it through his goodness, through his excellency, through his glory. He's given us great and very precious promises so that through them you might participate in who He is. Are you anticipating that here this morning? That's a rich passage of Scripture. Are you anticipating all of that to be true, living and active, even as we come to His Word? Because when it is, it goes on to say in verse 5, For this reason, because He's done all of that, make Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Not out of striving and not out of legalism, but because when you've you've seen the goodness of who He is and everything that's been made available to you, you want more of who He is to be added to you. It's not out of striving or I mean, out of striving or legalism. It's out of desire and a hungering for more of God. Make every effort to add to your faith. You can add to that goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, or Brotherly love, as they call it, and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus. You know, you can know him and you can be ineffective and unproductive. I'm not saying you're not saved. But you're ineffective and unproductive. I want us to be anticipating to be able to participate with him, participate in his divine nature, growing more and more like him that we can be effective and productive in our knowledge of who Jesus is. But are we anticipating that? Or are we just sitting back and expecting it to happen? It says make every effort. You've got to be in anticipation of it and participating to see the outcome, the desired outcome. So the second point I want to mention, the first one being anticipation is that expression of faith. I want to say that anticipation will attract opposition. When you start to anticipate the goodness of God in every area of your life, I want to say there's going to be opposition to that. We can see it even as we turn to the word we see, Nehemiah, as he started to anticipate what God was wanting to do in Jerusalem and rebuilding the walls, there was opposition, there was resistance to, to his wanting to complete that work. And Sanballat and his cohorts come up to Nehemiah and they try and distract him as Nehemiah is on the wall, seeing it built up according to what, The Lord has told them, and he's anticipating that finished work. And they keep calling him down, but he knows that they're trying to distract him. He knows that they want to secretly harm him. He knows that they are wanting to sabotage what's taking place. And he responds, and he says this, Nehemiah 6, verse 3, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they try to distract him. And he stays doing what he's doing. Eventually, they try to put the fear into him to make him run. And he, should, and he responds and says, should a man like me run away? When I've been caught up in the purposes of God, when he has spoken to me, when I've anticipated and I'm participating in what he's wanting to do, Shall I get distracted by low-level arguments and plans and schemes and hostilities that pull me away and take, remove my hand away from what God has told me to put my hand to? So I'm not going to let these things distract me. He's saying, I'm anticipating that which God is wanting to do. And I know that opposition will come, but it's not going to deter me. It's not going to shake me. It's not going to move me. It's not going to manipulate me because I'm participating with God and I'll see his breakthrough in this area. There's something about an an anticipation that needs to mark your life and mine. Now, I've just been through a season of anticipation. I am... I had someone in Carver's congregation say to me, who's in the fitness industry, and he said, George, you speak into my life spiritually, so I'm going to speak into your life physically, and you need to sort yourself out. You, you're overweight and out of shape. And so that was in November, and straight away that next day, I started a journey where I've lost 17 kilograms since November last year. That is, that is through Christmas and Easter, which I'm, I'm pretty happy about because those were shortcomings before that. So, John, now nah, I'm the skinnier brother. I'll give you my big shirts, and you can give me your little shirts. Um, and anyway, so there was a competition that came that was that someone started that some of us in the staff and other churches were involved with. Terrible name. The, the group's called Ripped Like a Rattlesnake. And anyway, it's a competition to lose weight, and we went into it. And um, I'd already lost 10, and so when we started it, yeah, so we started, and, and in it I lost 7 kilograms, but I was anticipating winning that. I would really, my hopes up, there was anticipation, I was training hard, Jason was my training partner at the back as well, and he also lost 7, seven kilograms, but I was winning, and the guy, we had to do these before and after photos. Now, the trick with those is you have to do it in the same location. Because you want to see exactly the same lighting and everything. And so we did the before and the after, and everyone said I was going to win, and that's what I was anticipating. But then Jason, in all his graphic design skill, decided that his after photo he would take at home with different lighting, and it made him look like a totally different man. (laughs) Which was cheating. But anyway... We, we, I didn't stop, him and when we continued, and um, I was still coming first. We're going through. The votes are coming in. I'm coming first. I'm anticipating winning, and uh, Jason, when the last vote's about to come in, so there's rankings, and I was coming first or second, but in overall, I'm coming first, and me and him were back and forward, but he phones the last person on the list, who is a Harvest member, unfortunately. And he corrupts and bribes them, and they voted for him, and Jason won the competition. In my anticipation of winning this, there was opposition, but he cheated, and I'm going to disqualify him, because cheaters don't prosper, so I will win. But there was opposition, and I had to stand up. Jason, you know I love you, and the Lord will forgive you if you come to the front right now and kneel down. Sometimes, like Nehemiah, our, our anticipation will be bold and audacious. Sometimes our anticipation is going to consist of taking small steps. It's that, like Nehemiah, that brick upon brick, cement brick upon brick, and to keep going. And it's going to feel like it's, a, it's an enduring. Sometimes it's going to be a sheer act of warfare anticipation of what God's doing, a sheer act of warfare that in the midst of trial, in the midst of delay, and in the midst of darkness, we're going to keep having to anticipate the goodness of God in whatever area of our life that is, even when it feels it's never going to come about. But we need to stay in that place of anticipation. Why? Because Billy Ocean will tell you this, when the going gets tough, (laughs) and when the going gets tough, the tough get ready. We need to know that there's an anticipation that's got a robustness that we keep pressing forward into the very destiny, the very purposes, the very calling, the very defining of who we are and what God has for us, not only for us, but to be a blessing through us by continuing to do that which he has called us to do and persevering in that. So even as we read, as we put that scripture up in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, where it says that, It continues to say that even as we've got everything we need for life and godliness through knowing him and his goodness and excellency, that we get to partake in his divine nature. Even as it says all of that, and it says we need to add to that faith so that we can be productive and effective, it says one of the things we need to add is perseverance. Don't anticipate and think it doesn't happen, so now I'm going to sit back and maybe expect it could happen sometime. You need to stay and fight to stay in that place of anticipation that place of hope, that you will experience the goodness of God, and not one and not two and not three, but in every area of your life. And we need to know that power is released in us and through us of the kingdom and of the king when we continue to have anticipation even through trying and difficult times. The third thing is this, God restores anticipation. I said I shared this in the evening, and I had um, just one or two people come and say, say to me, in this area of my life where I had been in anticipation, I I'd, I'd thought it was never going to come about. And so we had just laid those things down. But after this, I'm picking it up again, and I'm anticipating God's goodness. And I want to encourage with you here today with that same thing. The Spirit of God is wanting to bring an encouragement a courage to us to continue to anticipate God's goodness. We see in Judah when they were looking, and the leaders of Judah were looking at rebuilding the temple, and for 17 years that it had broken foundations and nothing was happening, and it took a word of encouragement to come from the Lord, a prophetic word of encouragement to come, to cause them to be reminded, to cause them to come back into that place when they remembered the original intention of what God has said, and they started to to rebuild and to to continue that project and to see that temple established, that place of worship. And I want to say in the same way, don't give up. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and to restore anticipation to your dreams in God, to the words that He's spoken to you, to those scriptures that you're hanging on to and believing for you, for your family, for your community, for your workplace it's time that we come back and start to relook at that which God has said to us. He says things generally, but also individually. We need to come back to that. We need to come back to to His Word so that we can once again discover who He is and who He says we are. There are too many people trying to define who God is and they're not going to His word to find out who He says He is. So they come up with this misshapen identity of who He is and then they start to operate in a misshapen identity of who they are. If you want to know who He is, Come and find out from who he says he is in his living word. Then you can start to discover who you are. And then we need to start to take that and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and just ignite this afresh? Restore this in me. Cause this anticipation to come alive. Let me stop there for a second and ask you this question. What were you anticipating in God a few months ago, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? When you started the journey, maybe you're only starting the journey or praying about it today. But for those of us who have journeyed further, what is it that you had anticipated in God, believed He had spoken to you and promised you and encouraged you with that you've laid down that you need to allow Him to restore in your life today? Maybe it's about anticipating to have the kind of marriage. That you always prayed for and believed could be yours. Maybe it's anticipating how to be the sort of father or mother that could guide your child through whatever they're going through. Maybe it's anticipating to be that man of God or woman of God in the workplace that impacts and shifts the atmosphere around you because you carry his presence, his breath, and his touch upon your life. Maybe it's that you'd be that anticipating you can be that instrument of hope to speak to that person whose life is going into the gutter and you can allow them to see Jesus for who he is. Maybe you're just anticipating something of a goodness of God where you started to doubt that he is good and you've laid those things down. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, will you come and revive and restore an anticipation to encounter you, Father, in all your goodness, made available to us through you, Jesus, that we can participate by your spirit in your divine nature, every promise that is precious, that you made available to us for life and godliness. What is it that you need and restored? An anticipation needs to break through. To anticipate is to position yourself for God's purposes. It's talking about alignment and agreement with Him. I can remember being in a in a moment where there was an anticipation, and I had been um, I was at Kersney College, and it was a first team rugby tour. I was normally a flanker, and that placed me at prop for the first game of my life for the first team. I was playing in a position I'd never played in before, and that was prop of all positions. I was normally a flanker. And it wasn't because I had an extra 17 kgs then. Actually, I weighed the same weight I weigh now um, when I was in my trick. But anyway, so I, uh, I was playing through the game, and we got to the last moment, and our scrum half passed, and our captain, who was the Natal School's lock, we were on the try line. He didn't anticipate that pass. And so when that pass came, it went straight through his arms, and it landed in me, who was not anticipating. I was almost in shock. I just wanted to protect myself from this ball. And I caught it, and I just fell straight over the line, and I scored the winning try of the St. Stillians Rugby Festival. That deserves, it's my moment of pride. Let's. Goth, <laughs> I know you scored tries too, but I'm not going to share those. Eh? Um, and so, anyway, so th- that was. That was, uh, he didn't anticipate the pass, and so he missed that moment. But anticipation for me, when we anticipate and we start to align ourselves, we start to prepare ourselves to move into action, in anticipation it can bring us to the place of participation so that we can see God's breakthrough. And For me, it's that moment where Andre Pollard, just a, a youngster playing for the Springboks in his first or second game alongside Jesse Creel at outside center, and they're playing against the mighty All Blacks. Jesse Creelts' first or second game, he's playing against Ma'anonu and um, Conrad Smith, the celebrated uh, All Black midfield World Cup winning combination. And he is able to anticipate a pass and a running line from Andre Pollard so that he can side through the shoulders of these two celebrated centres and score a try, a try through a breakthrough. That uh, was a wonderful try. I don't think we won that game, but that trial was awesome, wasn't it, if you remember it? But what was it? It was anticipating that which was going to take place so that he could participate in the breakthrough that was going to come about. And I want to say in the same way we as God's people need to come out of apathy and lethargy and atrophy and we need to get active and we need to be anticipating that which is God is wanting to do so that we can participate in that moment to see his breakthrough coming through in whatever situation we're facing. It kind of looks like this in our day and age. Well, let me read this first before we get to our day and age. Anticipation is more than expectation. It's expect action. It's faith in motion. It looks like David when he's running towards Goliath as a little boy to a giant with a stone and a slingshot in his hand. It looks like Joshua as he's heading out and there's this battle on and he anticipates the victory God is wanting to bring about. So he speaks and says, sun stand still and moon stand still so that God can win a mighty victory. Anticipation looks like Elijah sending out his servant to stand and look in the midst of years of drought at a horizon for a cloud that will be as small as a man's hand. And when he comes back and says, I didn't see it, Elijah says, go back. And I didn't see it. And Elijah says, go back. And then eventually he says, I see this cloud as small as a man's hand. And Elijah says, run and tell everyone to take shelter. The rains are coming. That's what anticipation looks like. Anticipation is like Peter saying, silver and gold I do not have to a lame man since birth. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And then the man doesn't. So anticipation takes hold of him, raises him, and his ankle strengthens straight away. Anticipation looks like a little boy who sees a man called Jesus looking for food to feed a multitude and he's got a few loaves and fishes and he comes and says, this which is small, but it's mine. Can I give it to you and can you make it great to feed everyone here and leave 12 baskets open because, you're over? because your disciples didn't have faith so they didn't have faith for it but they can each get a, a basket full of bread and fish anticipation looks like angus Bucken. when in this last week and in the weeks going ahead he's going to every campus and the testimony has just come in the midst of the service that he had a meeting at uct in that room where they took the paintings off the wall and whatever was happening and he said i'm going there to share about jesus and he said sell tickets and the night before no tickets were sold The next day, it was chock-a-block. He had said, I don't care if there are only five people I'm going. That's anticipation. So that when he goes there, the room's full, and three of the main instigators of some of what took place, whatever the reasonings were behind about it, gave their lives to Jesus. Along with every other person who was there in that meeting. Because he anticipated and was participating to see the breakthrough that God was going to bring about. Why? Because he was anticipating the goodness of God. It's a powerful spiritual principle, but it's also practical. How do we move forward in anticipation? There's an old saying that says, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. It means that as you start to step out of here today, you start to step saying, Lord, I'm anticipating your goodness in my life in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area. Does that mean I can anticipate his goodness in my finances? Yes, it does. And no, it doesn't mean I'm preaching a prosperity gospel. Does it mean I can anticipate his goodness in my health? Yes, it does. And it doesn't mean I'm making all about miracles and healing and anything like that. Does it mean I can anticipate his healing emotionally within myself? Yes, it does. Does it mean that I'm trying to sell every navel, gazing, counseling, inner healing thing? No, that doesn't. Does it mean that I'm saying that we can anticipate, that we can know what it means to be made righteous, to be clothed in the righteousness that is ours now in Christ Jesus, that we can know that we are no longer a sinner but a saint? Yes, it does. Because I'm anticipating the goodness of God revealed to me through the self revelation of who He is and His Word, and that I might walk in the fullness of it. Provisionally, it might not mean I drive out in a Ferrari, because what I call good is not necessarily what He calls good. But it means that I know that I can put my faith in a Heavenly Father who is my source and my provision. As you start to lean into anticipation, you'll start to move in a new momentum of seeing God's goodness released in your life so that you can be a release point to other people's lives that need to know that He's good, that He's loving, that He's gracious, that He's powerful, that He's caring, that He's holy, that He's a wonderful Savior. I want to pray for us at that point. Lord, I pray even as we've shared around this today, Lord, we're not wanting to harp up anticipation for antici- anticipation's sake. But, Lord, we're trying to stir, and my desire has been in Spirit of God, uh, 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 my prayers that you have been just igniting hope once again in hearts. Lord, that there is expectation. We want to be an expectant people. But, Lord, we also want anticipation that we would make room for you, that we would be prepared for you, that we would be aligning ourselves with you, coming into agreement with you, that we might be participating, that, Lord, that you would be able to bring your breakthrough in our lives, but also through our lives, Lord. We realize at a time like this, Lord, it's not about me, myself, and I, but, Lord, that you could do such a work in us, that you would be able to do such a work through us. Lord, and also our prayer is not that we get caught up in causes, even in this nation, but that we get caught up in Christ. We get caught up in you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you start to, in spirit of God, you start to do a new thing, a fresh thing in our hearts. Lord, I pray spiritually we'd be like Julia and we'd start to pack things up and get things ready because, as C.S. Lewis said in those Narnia books, God is on the move, as land's on the move, and we want to be prepared to be moving with him. Pray that in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen.